wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. There are no perfect outcomes in life. There are no perfect scenarios. It's a trade-off to everything. Great all exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreAllDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of you, including me and you, any one of us, including yourself, going make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. Then we put all this together to a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is why you actually want to be a sellout. Yes, a sellout. Now, I'll get to explaining this and defining this term in a moment. But first, let me tell everybody, I have a daily motivation text message that I send out free of charge every single day to everyone who is in my texting community. This message is guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point. You're going to get it every single day, even on holidays, even on weekends. And you can actually respond to any one of those messages and you'll be texting directly with me. Now, how do you get into this? And why would I be giving this away for free? What is stopping you from getting in? The fact that you don't know the number. Here's the number. 305-384-6894. Send me a text to that number right now. Let me say it again. 305-384-6894. Text me at that number right now. And every day when I send out my daily motivation, you will be on the receiving end and you can respond to those messages. And yes, indeed, you will be texting with me. That is not a bot. That is not outsourced to my team. So while you're doing that, let's get into this topic. Now, first of all, get a definition of what I mean when I say sellout. Now, those of you who are new around here, understand something. Whenever I use a phrase that could possibly be interpreted in more than one way. I always give a definition of that phrase so that all of us are on the same page because the last thing that we want here is for us to be having two different conversations where I'm talking about one thing, you're talking about a different thing, but we're both using the same language, but we are thinking of them in different ways. So I always want to make clear exactly how I'm defining terms, pulling this straight out of the dictionary so that everybody knows where I'm coming from so that we can all get to the same place the same way at the same time. So first of all, let's get a definition of this word sellout. First definition, we got two definitions here. One is to betray one's cause or associates, especially for personal gain. Generationally, this is the way that people have used the word sellout, meaning you've betrayed other people, 
just to help yourself out. So you're willing to sell out your friends and sell out your family and sell out your morals in order to get something for yourself. The other definition of selling out is to sell all available units of a thing. Today, we're discussing the second definition. So I'm not saying you want to be a person who betrays your morals and your friends in order to gain things for yourself. I'm talking about why you want to be a person who can sell all available units of. In other words, I'm giving you another way to use this word sell out other than the way that maybe you've been socialized to think what it means and how some people get the second definition confused with the first definition. Now, we're going to talk about both of those here today, how to sell all available units of whatever you're offering and how to make sure you're not getting the second definition confused with the first one. You'll understand it once I get through these points. Point number one, today's topic, once again, is why you want to be a sellout. Many of the most successful people, people who reach high levels of success to where your success is publicly noted, they get called a sellout in a negative way simply because of the magnitude of their success relative to the lack of success by the people who are calling them a sellout. See, some people get called a sellout not because they actually did anything wrong, but simply because they've created such a high level of success that relatively, when other people compare their success to the success of a person who is publicly noted, is so much bigger that instead of, and I talked about this in my book, Work On Your Game, which you can see right here over my shoulder, but let me pull it down so you can see it directly in front of your face. In this book, Work On Your Game, I talked about this, that when someone sees you performing and achieving at a higher level than them, they have two choices. They can either A, they can figure out what you did, how you did it. Usually you'll probably tell them because people who are publicly noted as successful usually like to tell people how they created their success through things like writing books and doing podcasts and speaking gigs, et cetera. They can either, those people who are not at your level can either figure out how you did it and do the work so that they can reach your level or they can be, here's the other option, they can mentally pull you down by putting negative terms and negative phrases on you and negative ideas on you in their own minds that pull you down to their level so that they can relax and not have to do any extra work because y'all are already at the same level, at least in their minds, y'all are on the same level. These are the choices that people have. So when people make the choice of, they take choice B of pulling you down mentally, this is one of the ways they do it. They put a negative term or negative idea on you, i.e., calling you a sellout because that has to be the only logical explanation for how you created such a massive level of success relative to their lower level of success. It can't be that you just were smarter than them. It can't be that you used strategies that they did not. It can't be that you put in a little bit more work than them. It can't be that you took an opportunity when they passed on that opportunity. It can't be any of those things because all of those would be a direct reflection on their lack. Instead, they put the negative term on you because that makes it seem like you did something bad to get your success. Therefore, it's okay to be at the lower level that they're at because they don't want to do the bad thing. In other words, they're putting themselves morally above you. Again, just in their own minds, it's not a real thing, but in their minds is a real thing. They've imagined this. Now, why do people do this? People do this because, as I just explained, the masses of people believe that the only way to achieve massive success in life is to have be devoid of principles, morals, or to be some sort of bad person. However you define a bad person, anyone who achieves a high level of success, they had to have done something bad in order to get there. Why do people think like this? Unhealthy mindsets around success. This is the reason that people have these bad habits is that they have these unhealthy mentalities around the concept of success. In order to be a success, you have to be a bad person or you have to cheat or lie or steal in some way. So to be a good person means you're being the opposite. You're broken struggling. And I'm using extremes here, but this is how many people think. 
that good people are usually the people who are struggling and striving. They're not getting much of what they want, but they keep working hard, but they're being a good person. And the people who are highly successful, they have done something. They had to trade their morals, they had to trade their conscience. They had to sell out their friends. They had to sell out their cause. They had to sell out you know, all the good principles, the positive principles that the unsuccessful people have. They had to sell all those out in order to become successful. A lot of people have this very unhealthy mindset around success, specifically when it comes to money, when it comes to any level of achievement. So to be a good person means you must be struggling. And if you're struggling, you must be a good person. That's why you're struggling. This mentality is what keeps many people living and existing perpetually at the bottom of the pyramid, metaphorically speaking. So if you have this challenge, then I would suggest you get to work on it and get to work on it quickly because it is slowing you down severely and it will continue to slow you down until you do something about it. And here's a way you can get started. Go listen to episode 2214, where I told you how your poor money mindset is keeping you broke. If you have not listened to that episode yet, go listen to it right now because it is a very important episode that you need to know about before you're going to be able to move forward in your life. Point number two. Today's topic, once again, is why you want to be a sellout. Number two, the second definition of sellout, again, is someone who literally sells out all of their product or service. And usually if you're selling out all your product or service, assuming that you have a healthy amount of inventory, it usually leads to a high level of success. It usually leads to public note. Your success becomes of public note. So people know that you created this success. Maybe it leads to material resources such as money that you know, everybody works for every single day. We all work, you know, spend the majority of our waking hours working in order to get resources, usually money, so that we have options and opportunities to do the things that we want to do. So when you sell out all of your product or service, it leads to all these other things that everyone claims that they want. But here's the thing. This is an ideal that we can all strive to of selling out all of our product or service, even those of you who sell something that can't, maybe can't even sell out because it can be duplicated and replicated. The thing is, all of us who are in some form of profession or job or business, yes, we all want to do that. Do you want to get all your products or services into the hands of people who need and want them? I think so. I think you do. All right. Just on a basic logical level. I'm not asking you how, but do you want to do that? Probably yes. In order to do this, assuming that you agree with me, you may need to abandon some of your long held beliefs about what will work and what won't work. We just talked about this yesterday. What sacred cows are you willing to execute? What are you willing to give up? What ideas and beliefs that you've held on to for the last 10 years are you willing to let go of in order to get a different level of success? What qualitative changes are you willing to make? We've been talking about this consistently over several different episodes, several different topics, but you notice that the same principles keep coming up over and over again. What are you willing to give up in order to get what you want? And instead of doing what you've been doing, what are you willing to start doing? Meaning things that will actually get you to the outcome you want, which means you're getting your offers, your products or services, whatever, into the hands of the people who need and want them. Are you willing to take a completely different approach in order to get there? Again, everybody says that they are, but then when it comes time to actually do it, things change. If you ever watch the TV show The Profit on, I know the replays are on CNBC. I don't know where the live episodes come on or if the show is even out anymore. This guy named Marcus Lemonis. If you've never seen the show, I'll explain it. He's an entrepreneur. And the way that people will come on the show, it's kind of a reality show, but it's a business show. So Marcus Lemonis would get a letter from some person who was running a struggling business or someone who was working with a person who was running a struggling business and say, hey, this business is a good idea, it's a great concept, and it used to be doing good, but right now it's failing, it's in trouble. Marcus, can you come help us? And the people would basically audition to get on this TV show. Marcus would show up at this business and he would act like it was unexpected, but they knew he was coming. He'd get on there come into the business, he'd see what they were doing, see what they were selling. And then he would sit down with the business owner. He'd say, all right, what's the problem? What's going on? Or owners, sometimes there's multiple people. 
And they would tell him what the problem is and why the business is struggling and why they're failing and why the business is in debt and they owe their vendors this much money and they're this far away from going out of business. They're like, we're 90 days away from they're going to come lock the doors and we're going to get foreclosed on and all this stuff is going on in the business. Now, Marcos Limones, he would look at these businesses and usually most of the time he would decide that he was going to help the business. He was going to invest in the business. He would write a check that would basically solve their debt issues. So you all are 300,000 in debt and you have you no know, 200,000 in back pay that you owe and you need 500,000 in working capital. So I'm going to write you a check for a million dollars. It'd be something like that. And he would hand over the check to them. And he would say, if you take this check from me, I'm basically getting you out from underwater in business. But if you take this check, then that means I'm buying into your business and I'm in charge. I am now the person who's calling the shots in this business. You've been calling the shots for the last 20 years. But if you take this check from me, I'm going to be calling the shots moving forward. And the person would sometimes hesitate, but they would almost always, they would agree. They'd say, all right, Marcus, you're in charge. We'll take the check. Thank you for saving our business. You're in charge. And then Marcus would be in charge and he would start making changes to this business. And as soon as he started making changes to the business, what he was doing was he was threatening the sacred cows that that business owner had nourished for the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Again, these are people who've been in business. This is not a brand new business here. So these people have been running their business a certain way for all this time. Now, this guy comes along, writes them a check. And two days later, he's flipping the entire business around fundamentally how it's done and what's being done. But he doesn't change everything that they're doing. It's not like he takes a restaurant and turns them into a sneaker store. He takes what they're doing. And he just changes how they're approaching it. He makes a different approach to achieving the same outcome. And when he starts doing that, what you notice is exactly what I've been talking about the last couple of days is that he's threatening the sacred cows of these business owners. It's not that his ideas don't work. His ideas are going to help this company make more money, but it's the way that he's doing it is different from the way that they did it. And they're uncomfortable with that. And they're like, hey, Marcus. And they would often communicate to him that they're uncomfortable with the fact that he's making these changes. And hey, this is my business. I built this for the last 25 years. You've just been here for a month. And now you're trying to change my entire business. And Marcus will remind them like, hey, remember the conversation we had when I handed you that check that I'm completely in charge. And here's where you will notice. And this is the same thing that happens to all of you. This just happened on TV. So I'm using it as an example that many people logically say that they are willing to do what it takes to achieve success. But as soon as it comes time to actually do the things required, which means usually a qualitative change, a change in approach, not doing more or less, not a quantitative change. Let's do more of what you've been doing or less of what you've been doing or better or faster. Those things people are comfortable with. All of you is comfortable with more, better, faster, harder of what you've been doing. But when it comes to completely different, let's just make sweeping changes to the approach, the golden change, but the approach change, many people get really, really uncomfortable with that. And this is what happens on this show. Again, it's called The Profit. Go look it up. And that's profit, like profit when it comes to money. P-R-O-F-I-T. Look this show up. You should watch some episodes because it's a very good case study. And Marcus does talk about business principles as well, but it's a really good case study in emotion when it crosses with business. And many people think that business is not personal and business is not emotional, but business is very emotional, especially when you're talking about entrepreneurs, especially an entrepreneur who built something from zero. And now somebody is telling them how they need to do things and they don't really have an option to say yes or no. And you see it on this TV show, The Profit. So y'all should watch some episodes of that show and you can see it for yourself, how people just start pushing back. Even when Marcus's changes will clearly work, or at least they're different than the things that they were doing, the status quo that was clearly failing. All right, listen, the status quo was failing. Why would you not want to change? And it's because people are so emotionally attached to their habits and their comfort zones that they would rather fail staying in their comfort zone than succeed stepping out of it. And I am not just talking about these people on TV. I'm talking about you who's listening to this right now. Many of you 
would rather fail while staying in your comfort zone than succeed and stepping out of it. And you can look at your own life. Look at your own life and look at some habits that you continually repeat that are clearly not working, but you insist on continuing to execute on them. Oh, am I talking to somebody right now? Did I hit a nerve with somebody right now? So I know I'm talking to some of you right now. And you know who you are because you know your own situation. You know what you're doing. You know what's working and what's not working, regardless of what you say to other people. So again, go look up that show and you can see it yourself. So in order to make these changes and to get your products and services to sell out, make these changes and get your products and services in the hands of people who actually want them, are you willing to make qualitative change? Doing what actually works, which may require a qualitative change from what you've been doing up to this point. Or sometimes you can attack the issue from the opposite direction, figure out what the people who you would like to serve actually want, which might be completely different from what you've been offering them. All right, maybe you've been trying to force feed something that's clearly not going to work. You're trying to sell X and they don't want X, at least not from you. When I first got out of basketball and I decided I was going to get into what we now know as the thought leadership space, my first idea was I was going to teach people marketing through content or education-based marketing or marketing through YouTube, because those are all the things that I had been doing. I had initially built my brand and started my entrepreneur life by putting a bunch of basketball training videos on the internet and writing articles about basketball. And then basketball players started buying my training programs from me. That's how I got started in the game. So I decided, okay, if I get into the thought leadership space and I start talking to people who don't play basketball, what can I draw from this experience? And what I drew from the experience was teach, educating people through content, was I was educating basketball players, but it was still educating people. And then using YouTube to market myself and build a brand. I built my brand name initially through YouTube videos and YouTube was becoming a hot commodity. It still is a hot commodity to this very day. So my first idea was I was going to do that. But when I started creating material around it and you know, trying to come up with words and how I would talk about it, it really just wasn't coming out the right way. And I never really took it to market and tried to sell it, but it probably wouldn't have sold because it just didn't flow naturally for me. But then I did a couple of TED Talks. I did a TED Talk on discipline, this concept called The Third Day. Many of you know about now is this book right here. Any of you who doesn't have this book, get it by going to thirddaybook.com. The book's free. It's covered in shipping. And I did a TED Talk on The Third Day. Then I did another one on confidence, another one on confidence after that. And when I started talking about those things, that's when you know, people who knew the game better than I did, the thought leadership game, better than me, saw my stuff and said, Dre, this is what you need to be talking about. You need to be talking about mental toughness, mindset, discipline, confidence. This is your money subject. Just the way that you talk about it, the confidence you have in speaking about it, the experience that you have, the way it just flows naturally when you talk about it, the way you get into the subject. This is what you need to be talking about. Forget that YouTube marketing stuff. That's not true. You need to be talking about this. And here we are. That was almost 10 years ago. And this is one of those qualitative changes. This is a qualitative change for me because I didn't see it. It's not that I didn't know I could talk about mindset. I had already written a few books on mindset and have been talking about it in these videos that I used to make every week called The Weekly Motivation on YouTube. But I didn't know that there was really a market in the business world for such a subject until someone who knew the business world saw it and said, Dre, there's a market in the business world for that subject. I didn't know what I didn't know. So are you willing to make sweeping qualitative changes when you realize that the qualitative change might be better than what you're doing right now? Even if you're not sure what the qualitative change is going to produce. Well, you know what you're doing right now ain't producing. So you might as well try something different, right? Again, it sounds simple, but are you willing to do it? Many people make the mistake of trying to force feed their ideas onto people who don't want that idea instead of just giving people what they actually want. It's not that the world doesn't need to know how to market themselves or how to use education-based marketing or how to use YouTube. Clearly, these are things that people want, right? I talked about marketing on this very show. 
But what they wanted from me was more based than what I talk about here, which is discipline, confidence, mental toughness, personal initiative, mindset, strategy, accountability, execution, consistency. These are the things that people want from me. See, it's not that people don't want it, period, but what do they want from you? You need to know these things. And if you get this equation wrong, then it's impossible for you to sell out because nobody's going to buy. Moving on to point number three. Today's topic, once again, is why you actually want to be a sellout. Number three, selling out means focusing on producing a specific result. That result being moving all of your offerings, your products, your services to the people who want them rather than, this is what most people do, focusing on serving your ego and doing what you want to do. Now, sometimes you get the perfect mix. You get to do what you want to do and you get to sell out. You serve your ego and sell out at the same time. But often there's a trade-off. I just told you this in yesterday's episode. There are no perfect outcomes in life. There are no perfect scenarios. There's a trade-off to everything. Everything you do, there is a trade-off. Anyone listening to this married in a relationship? Okay, is there a trade-off to being married? Yes, there's a trade-off that you can't just bounce around to where the grass is greener every day or every week when you feel like it, or at least that's the agreement that you made. Who knows if you're actually doing it, but you get what I'm saying. And if you're single, all right, you get to bounce around and do whatever you want. But the problem is you have no consistency. Now you have no steadiness. And at some point you might feel a little bit alone because there's no person that you're continually there with. So there's a trade-off to everything. Everything has a trade-off. Any of you like to work out every single day? The trade-off is you can't get that extra hour of sleep. The trade-off is you can't just eat whatever you want to eat. The trade-off is you got to wake up earlier. The trade-off is you got to beat your body up at certain points so that you can stay in the kind of shape that you want to stay in. There is no perfect outcome, folks. Decide what you want more than you want something else and then get comfortable with the fact that there's a trade-off that comes with it. That's what I'm telling you to do. Don't try to defy the logic of the point that I'm making here choose which one you want because you can choose here. You can sell out by focusing on results and getting all your stuff to the people who want them, whatever those things happen to be. Or you can focus on serving your ego. Just do what you want to do and get the outcome that comes from that. Maybe you can scrape out a living just doing what you want to do. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. I'm not saying you're wrong. Just understand that you are making a choice. And if you don't make a choice, the choice will be made for you. Let me give you an example. There's a rapper by the name of Jay-Z. Some of you know who he is. If you don't know him, you know Beyonce, right? All right, she, he's her husband, all right, Jay-Z. When Jay-Z first started rapping back in the 90s, many people don't know this. Jay-Z was more of a, what they call a conscious rapper, meaning he was rapping about stuff that you need to have a certain level of intelligence to even understand what he was saying, all right? Jay-Z was the kind of rapper when he first came out, you might need a dictionary to listen to his raps because he would say stuff that might go over the head of the average consumer. A lot of people don't know that. Now, Conscious rap is basically educational rap. So basically, if you took what I say in this podcast and made a rap out of it, it would be conscious rap. This is more on the educational side. This show is in the education category. Conscious rap is more educational, it's more in-depth. It requires a certain amount of thinking and intelligence to be understood. That's why it's not for everybody. It's only for a certain percentage of the population. Jay-Z realized early on in his career that if he kept rapping like that, it would limit the size of his audience simply because the majority of rap fans didn't want to think when they were listening to rap music. They weren't, this wasn't college. They weren't buying a college textbook. They were buying some music because they wanted to turn their brains off and just relax and party and enjoy themselves. Jay-Z understood that's who the rap audience was, the majority audience, the masses of the audience. That's not everybody. There are music fans who want to hear the conscious rap. They want to be educated when they listen to music and they don't like somebody like Jay-Z. But there are more people, there's a bigger audience of people who just want to be entertained and they don't care about the smart stuff. They don't want to be, they don't want to have their intellect challenged when they're listening to rap music. Jay-Z understood this dichotomy. He understood that there was a split in the audience. And Jay-Z adjusted 
and decided, keyword, he decided that he wanted to make his music for the masses of people. Why? Because Jay-Z's formula, I'm not saying this is a right or wrong formula, but understand this. Jay-Z's formula was he wanted to make money. He wanted to make as much money as possible. He understood that by rapping consciously and rapping to maybe 2% of the audience, he was limiting his possible audience to only 2% of the fans. But if he dumbed down his music, that's what they call it, dumbing it down. In other words, making your material simple enough that the average individual who doesn't want to think and isn't trying to think can still understand it and they can dance to it, that the average person made up about 98% of the audience and he would maximize his opportunity for income and revenue if he focused on dumbing down and talking to the masses rather than talking to that small percentage. This was Jay-Z's formula. He just wanted to make money. Now, some of you might not be focused on that. So maybe your focus is you want to talk to the 2% because that's what matters to you. What mattered to Jay-Z, he wanted to maximize his income. So he adjusted and he started making his music for the masses of people. And now all of you know who Jay-Z is. All right? When I said he's Beyonce's husband, it's kind of tongue in cheek. It's, oh, you know who Jay-Z is. Even if you don't listen to rap music, you know who Jay-Z is because of the star level that he sold himself to. He sold so much music that even though you don't listen to rap, you know who Jay-Z is. That's the reason why you know him. It's not because his songs are so great. You might not, again, you don't even listen to his music, but you know who he is. So is Jay-Z a sellout? That's the question. Is Jay-Z a sellout? The answer is yes. Hell yeah, Jay-Z is a sellout. Jay-Z, you listen to this, you're a sellout. But he's not a sellout in a negative way. Jay-Z is a sellout in the fact that Jay-Z made a calculated decision that his goal was to sell out his goods and services. In order to do that, he made the trade-off of dumbing down his music so that the average person could understand everything he was saying and they could dance to it. That was Jay-Z's choice. I want you to understand you have to make a choice. If you have not made a choice consciously, then choices have been made for you. What I'm suggesting is you start making choices for yourself. Jay-Z's to sell out in a positive way and that he was able to sell all of his products. And when you sell all your products, usually you make money. This helped his business goals, right? Helped him reach his business goals. And there are probably rappers out there, actually not probably, I know for sure, there are rappers out there who would probably criticize Jay-Z and say, well, Jay-Z, yeah, he sold a lot of records, but he's all no commercial. His music is surface level material, at least the singles, the stuff that we hear on the radio, surface level material. Jay-Z doesn't have as much substance in his music as he could have. But I want you to understand those same rappers who would diss Jay-Z for being commercial and being surface level, they could have done the same thing. They just chose not to. They didn't want to make the same trade-off that Jay-Z made. They would rather do what they wanted to do, which is be on the conscious level rather than make the conscious choice to sell more of their products. To sell more product, you got to speak to the masses. You want to sell fewer of your product to a smaller percentage of the audience, that's fine. Just understand that you are making a choice and understand you have the same choice to make for yourself and your career and your business. Do you want to sell out or do you not? If you don't, it's okay. Just understand that you are making a choice when you're making a choice. All that said, let's recap today's class, which is why you actually want to be a sellout. And I should put an asterisk with this asterisk, meaning if your goal is to maximize your returns. Two definitions of sellout. One is to betray one's cause or associates, especially for personal gain. The other is to sell all available units of. We're talking about the second definition. Number one, many of the most successful people get called a sellout in a negative way because of the magnitude of their success relative to the lesser magnitude of other people's success, their peers specifically. Because masses of people believe the only way to achieve massive success is to not have principles or to not have morals or to be some kind of bad person. And that's because a lot of people have very poor and unhealthy mindsets around the concepts of success, specifically with money. 
And this is why they live at the bottom of the pyramid. Number two, the second definition of sellout is someone who literally sells out all of their product or services. Anyone can strive to this ideal if you want to in your profession, job, or business. In order to do this, you may need to abandon some long-held beliefs you have about what will work and what doesn't, and instead focus on what actually works to get you to the outcome that you want. And you can do this through deductive reasoning. You do not have to guess. You do not have to be any sort of genius. Many people make the mistake of trying to force feed their own ideas onto people instead of just giving people what they want. And when people tell you what they want, just give them that. And that's all you got to do. Number three, selling out means focusing on producing a result, a specific result. And that result in this case means moving all your offers. In other words, selling all of your stuff. Jay-Z, for example, he could have been a conscious rapper, but he made a conscious choice to be more of a commercialized rapper, commercial meaning reaching the masses, easy to understand, easily digestible, even by the person who has no idea about the streets or drug dealing or all the stuff that Jay-Z raps about. And he was able to sell out simply because he focused on what is going to get the average person, some kid who lives in the suburbs who's never been to the streets, they go to school and they go home and they go to the park and play basketball. How can they understand some dude who's from the projects who sold drugs? How can they understand Jay-Z? He dumbed down his music enough that they can understand him. And that's why Jay-Z is Jay-Z to this very day and why many of you who don't even listen to rap music know exactly who Jay-Z is. Picture Jay-Z. You can picture his face right now, right? Even though you have never listened to any of his music, never bought any of his albums. So is Jay-Z a sellout? Yes, he is. But in a positive way. And that he sold all of his products. This served his business goal. His goal was to sell as many products as possible and maximize his income. Your goal may be different. But understand whatever your goal is, you need to figure out how can you sell out in order to get to that goal. If you are not doing that, you're operating by an inaccurate formula. You're not going to get to the outcome that you want. You have a choice to make for yourself, your career and your business. Do you want to be a sellout or do you not? And this is a choice. All that said, text me to get my daily motivation every single day free of charge. My number 305-384-6894. Second, go to workonyourgameuniversity.com or I will show you, I will teach you how you can sell out in what you're doing, whether that's in your career whether it's in your business, whether it's what you're doing with your fitness, whether your mindset, your consistency, whatever it is that you want to sell out at, you got to get clear on it. We need a strategy for it, not just random actions and hoping that it works out. We need qualitative adjustments, not quantitative, not just do more, better, harder. That's what you've been doing all your life. Are you been doing that for 30 years? Or how about you let somebody help you? Let me step in and help you actually get to where you really want to get to strategically, not randomly. That is at workonyourgameuniversity.com. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number. 305-384-6894. Again, 305 305- 384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.